Hello and welcome everyone to uh, the newest episode of the Fan Fiction Tapes, uh, Season 1, Episode 7, Ships Ahoy. I am Maya, your host, and today I am joined by... Hi, I'm Jay. And I am our producer, Ian. Alright, today's um, main focus, if you hadn't guessed it from the name, is shipping. Specifically, we're kind of more focusing on romantic shipping this episode. Platonic shipping will be next episode. So, given that it's possible some of our listener base is not necessarily that involved in fandom, what even is shipping? Uh, Well, shipping um, tends to be when you take two or more characters and explore what kind of relationship is between them. Shipping is actually short for relationshipping, and shipping doesn't necessarily have to always be romantic, though it is most commonly used in that form. There is platonic shipping, um, there is familial shipping, like a, like a sibling-type relationship, there's like parental-type relationships. It's, it generally means relationshipping between fictional characters, however, whatever form that might take. Yep, that's a pretty good summary there, Jay. Uh, and something that I would like to address um, in the early part of the episode before we get into it. Shipping has a bit of a history of bringing out some of the worst in people. Oh, no kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, so many fandoms have had their ship wars. I've <clears throat> been driven out of fandoms for my ships. <laughs> Yeah, g- given what I know about that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so something we're going to encourage our listeners to do, uh, and we ourselves usually do, don't like, don't read. Mm-hmm. If it's not your cup of tea, okay, move on. Please. Get on with your day. Yeah. There is um, a back button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, frankly, usually it's fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, that this—that's where this kind of this rule comes from. If it's fanfic, it doesn't matter. It's not hurting anybody. Go about with your day. I mean, if they didn't tag it right, then maybe if it's on Ao3, uh, there's a kind of—I think a th- form you can fill out for that. But don't go harass them in the comments over their ship. Don't just remember there's a human on the other side of the screen too. Be kind, guys. <laughs> Be kind. It's, it costs zero dollars. It really does. Yeah, okay, with that um, bit of a downer uh, out of the way and hopefully <laughs> properly addressed. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some of our favorite romantic ships, because today's episode is all about romantic shipping. Maya's been hearing me talk my ear off about Catradora lately. <laughs> I'm, I have been all over. Those two, pretty much from the time that I started watching the show, like to the point where I was like, even when we got to a point where it was like, maybe these two aren't getting together and the entire fandom was living in denial. I mean, I'm okay with that. I'll live in denial, too. I'm I'm, I'm pretty certain that's the bait we put on the hook to get you into the show. Yeah. <laughs> we said they're lesbians, Harold. They are lesbians. And <laughs> God, um. To be fair, it's the cut. Ki- I have always been a sucker for childhood friends to enemies to lovers. It's my favorite dynamic. <laughs> and they have that in spades. And it's set in a nice science fantasy backdrop. So I was just calling my name because science fiction and fantasy, my two main things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we have here is we have the hero, the self-sacrificing hero, but she's allowed to be a bit arrogant. She's allowed to be a bit cocky, even though she has her own like self-doubts and everything. She's, I mean, you look at her on paper, if you want to describe her in a sentence, yes, she's like any other, like any other protagonist with like weight of the world on her shoulders and all of that. But uh, that's why you can't describe her in a sentence. And what's more, she started off on the side of the bad guys and she's been abused, and that adds a layer of depth influencing her actions. She's not just doing the greater good because it's the greater good. She needs a purpose. She feels like she has to make things right. And then we have that and the best friend who was raised with her. 
um, who was also abused, who was actually abused worse in a different way. Well, I worse depending on how you look at it. We got the worse golden is child hard and, to define with yeah. abuse. Yeah, it is hard to define. I pro- worse is probably a bad term for it. Um, yeah. You've got you've got kind of a golden child and scapegoat. And a scapegoat, yeah, exactly. Um, and for the record, favoritism is not um, safety. Favor- um, being the golden child was not in any way safe. It was just a matter different forms of abuse. Um, though, to obviously to cat from Catch's perspective, it was worse because she was the scapegoat. Um, and then Adora leaves. <laughs> She finds this purpose, and she discovers that everything she was rela- raised to believe hurts people, and Adora is not down with that. And so she leaves, and Catra's like, she's leaving me. I'm an afterthought. Even when she's trying to convince me to come with her, I'm the afterthought. She didn't take me with her initially. And so that creates an entire schism that kind of blows up the war, really. <laughs> It really does, because once Adora moves to the other side, Catra's like, you know, fuck this. I am going to um, pummel these princesses to ash, and the horde gets like exponentially better once Catra takes over, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> and then they and then they go through this whole thing, and they come back together, and they start communicating, and they've gone through so much growth. And both of them have called me out in so many different ways. Um, so clearly... I have a favorite ship. <laughs> Coming back around to this main topic, I, I am gay. I am gay for both of them. It doesn't hurt that both of them are like mask in different ways. And as a trans mask individual, whew, <laughs> helpful, very, very helpful to see that. Uh, but they're definitely my favorite ship. Beyond that, we have usual, like um, in terms of, Mainstream ships, I like Kate Vi, I like Griddlehark, um, I re- it, um, but I also like rare pairs, so I took a look at, well, recently I got into Ruby, and I took one look at Pira, Nikos, and Blake Belladonna and said, that is beautiful, I want that ship, and it's- oh, That's an interesting like, one. And it's only got like, oh, like- 40 some odd no 65 works i have a spreadsheet it's fine 65 works on ao3 and out of that only about 30 percent of those works are actually feature them as the primary ship so it's a rare pair but it's an interesting dynamic um to explore because you've got the girl who always runs away and the girl who's constantly trying to convince everybody that they are better than who they think they are you know and yeah i genuinely think that there is some potential there if we could just get them to interact a little more and if we got john out of the way <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it might help if blake had more than two lines a season yeah right it, would. it really would i mean it's so i latched on to blake and pira i think my longest running rare pair one of the first sapphic ships I ever shipped, actually, is Talia Grace and Reyna. And it is technically still a rare pair, especially after Trials of, of Apollo and the popularity of Reyna and Apollo for some reason. So Thane is my longest running rare pair. Um, Talia Grace is kind of the definition of what you would think of when you think of a punk sapphic. And yeah, I know Rick isn't very good at giving the sapphics what they want. But <laughs> <laughs> you have your... But they're a lot like Kate Vi in their dynamic, actually. You have your distinguished lesbian and your disaster gay. <laughs> yeah, um, you have military girl and you've got um, doesn't play by the rules. Yep, you've got military girl and you've got chaos, basically. But cl- clearly I have some favorites in terms of dynamic. You've got, because I also ship Camilla Hecht and Gideon Nav, aside from Griddle Hark. I like childhood, mm. fr- I like childhood, knew each other since childhood, even if they weren't friends, to... Enemies, Catradora, Griddlehark, and I've got Distinguished Gay and Disaster Gay, Thena, Kate Vi, Devect. They were the closest thing they had to friends. True, they were the closest thing they had to friends, and technically, I mean, (laughs) I'm technically, Harrow specifically says that Gideon is her only friend, which, yikes. I mean, it's... 
it's true, but also, <laughs> yikes. If that's how they define friends, I really hate to see how they define enemies, but we ha- are finding that one out, too. <laughs> but clearly, I have favorites. What about y'all? Clearly. <laughs> hey, Adora. For me, oof. I have a lot of different ships I like. A lot of them actually are usually the main ship for a work. I have a few that I think are rare pairs, but not really that many. Mm-hmm. I mean, the big ones for me, right? Griddlehark, Kate Vi, Catradora, mm-hmm. Perkabeth, because I was also uh, into Percy Jackson as a kid. Well, you see, the unfortunate thing for me was I used to swim as a kid. And, uh, well, you've met me. <laughs> you can see why I might project onto Annabeth. Yeah. I mean, the thing about, I mean, the thing is, Percy drinks his respect women juice, and that's really my main qualifier for shipping a, <laughs> a het ship anyway. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I did get, I did, sh- I did ship Perkabeth. I also shipped Pipabeth, which is how I left the Percy Jackson fandom, but you know. <laughs> Understandable. I had one more I wanted to mention. That's going to eat at me for a while. <laughs> I'm going to guess, since we've been talking about the lock team a lot, that it's not Cam Pal, because that would have occurred to you. No, although that would be one to mention. That is definitely one I ship. Again, just drink the respect women juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Palamedes is also a large mood, just in general. Mm-hmm. It didn't occur to me while I was talking, but I'm also really into Shuriri as of late. As of late, um, the MCU put uh, Shuri um, and Riri Williams in the same movie in Wakanda Forever, and I fell in love with the two black genius lesbians. So <laughs> nice. Um, I still need to watch that movie. Watch really good. Highly recommend, especially since it's on Disney Plus now. I've watched it three times since it hit Disney Plus and five times oh. in theaters. I have a problem. <laughs> yeah, I saw the Lego movie like 20-something times in theaters. Mm. I would have actually seen Chiriri, sorry, Wakanda Forever more. <laughs> yeah, I know. Rain I know rot. what I went there for. <laughs> I would have seen Wakanda Forever more in theaters if I could afford to. So <laughs> Yeah, I was much younger when the Lego movie came out, so it wasn't really my dime. That actually did remind me, though, of the other ship I was going to talk about that was um, kind of mainstream for that work, which was Avatrice, which is uh, Ava and Beatrice from the Warrior Nun. I really need to watch that. I've been, about, especially considering everything going on with Netflix, but I do need to watch that. Oh, uh, it's so good. I mean, it's also, you know, cancelled because Netflix is cringe. Yeah, I know. Again, the whole thing with Netflix is kind of making me anxious, especially with the account thing. So I might need just need to get on that already. Netflix do better. Stop canceling the gays. Right? I mean, I hate that the only really gay thing that we have on Netflix that didn't get canceled, they had to wait until season five <laughs> for the fucking yeah. kiss. Well, I mean, hopefully with Arcane, we'll get some more. Um, I pray because... Dear fucking gods, Grant, we have no guarantee that Arcane won't take the Catradora strategy and wait till the final season anyway. That's true, but given that they already know the fandom is invested specifically for that ship and seeing um, kind of the, the culmination of that, I don't think they'll do the same route. I mean, they kind of did that with Warrior Nun, though, for what I can tell. So I kind of, but they were also planning a season three, like Mm -hmm. season two was very clearly not the end of the show Mm -hmm. um, at the end of uh, season two. Mm -hmm. And that's part of why I think the fandom has gone like turbo nuclear. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Over the cancellation. I, I can uh, tell it's all over my Twitter feed. And again, I haven't even seen it. So it's not like I tailored my feed to that. I, I haven't even tailored my feed to it. And it's all over my feed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this might actually be a good segue into something I'd kind of want to talk about from the perspective of writers. 
and with four almost kind of leading out of the fan fiction space and four writers who are trying to get published in more traditional means as well as self-publishing but you know, folks who aren't going to AO3 folks who are telling their own stories is advice we might have for them because as we mentioned shipping can get toxic mm-hmm. yeah. and at least I think was it Tamsin Muir bullied out of her own fandom she for was it? she was yes Okay. I was not aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm newer to the fandom, so I only know what I know secondhand, but apparently the fandom got all up into her business about who she had a relationship with and what labels, labels she was calling herself by. And uh, it got so bad that she was driven off of Twitter. I think driven off of Tumblr, maybe. At least temporarily. The only place we ever really found her on the reg is when there are like reddit author things like the author AMAs. platforms yeah amas thank you and that's about it we don't really wow. see her on the web at all for a reason yeah um yeah that was before i even got into it ah okay and i was into the series for a good year or two before i started i don't quite want to say bible thumping but <laughs> Um, unfortunately, uh, you were not one of the, the ones series. who got me in. Considering <laughs> considering the series, that's uh, that's not kind of an accurate, inappropriate though. term. Mm. Yeah, no, uh, I only really started um, advertising it to Ian and some of my mutual friends with him after our little bone server sprung up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Cam and Ollie kind of perpetuated it, though. JJ inviting me to be an admin and help set up the bone server definitely helped. Yeah, the fact, the fact that uh, after you started advertising to me around the same time, it started pop popping up all over my Tumblr feed. Well, I mean, the, it kind of blew up in popularity again after Nona, but like the good kind of blowing up in popularity. Like most yeah. of the toxic people had already jumped to the next thing, like because Harrow was during COVID, because like two years of like nothing, and then Nona came out, and suddenly the feed's full of TLT, but most of the toxic people are still gone, thankfully. And it's been a really interesting experience. I haven't seen this in fandom a whole lot. Yeah, I think I was in the fandom early enough that Harrow was still mostly available via hardback. Mm-hmm. But late enough that my copy of Gideon was a paperback and Harrow was out. I only got into the series after Harrow was out, because I bought Gideon and Harrow together. I got in... I think um, two months before Harrow came out. So not that long. Sorry, before Harrow. Before Nona came out. But So not that long. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I don't know when exactly I got into it because pandemic time is a lie. Yeah, it is. It really but, is. Uh, mm -hmm. 2020 or 2021. One of those two years in the winter of. Mm -hmm. So it's like December of 2020 or December of 2021. I don't know which. Time is an illusion, especially during COVID. God, yeah. Right. Uh, as we got to... <laughs> <laughs> we kind of got a little sidetracked. Little, little sidetracked a little sidetracked by uh, a little bit. one of the favorite little brain goblins. Mm -hmm. So for writers who are writing ships, there's, there's advice, and not, not even necessarily advice, I would say, that I've seen passed around, but a... Um, kind of almost like an institutional knowledge kind of thing from... And this I've mostly seen this more with animation studios of kind of... They want to keep baiting the relationship oh. for a while because they're afraid that once, you know, you get the kiss to happen, people aren't going to be as invested. People are going to mm -hmm. drop out. Mm-hmm. That's Miraculous Ladybug's a good example of this. <laughs> oh god, I forgot I'm in that fandom. <laughs> I'm technically not in the fandom. I stopped following it very hard after like season three, but I know what's going on. I haven't kept up with the current season, but I I need to get on that. Um But Miraculous Ladybug is a wonderful example of this because we all know they're going to get together and it's just this is the slow burn from hell. <laughs> And th this one feels like a bit more of like slow burn than outright bait, but there is there is a line to walk there. 
I mean, yeah, there, there is a line to walk. Um, I mean, they did some outright baiting, especially with like shot blanc and all that. Oh yeah, that. Um, <laughs> you see, I've watched this show a couple of times. Um, I was into it for a brief period in high school, and I watched it again. Um, some time ago, actually, shoot, I don't know how long ago that was. Um, because I kept getting like stuff about it on my Tumblr feed, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna watch the show again." So I watched the whole show in a period of like a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and the baiting does feel different when you just binge a media, uh-huh. but mm-hmm. that's that's not a really good way to consume media, and that's definitely not a way to drive fan involvement. Uh, but that's a that's another conversation. Um, yeah. D- the point of bringing this up was don't do that. Um, your fans c- can absolutely go rabid over a ship that is actually there. Uh, oh, the, and they will. Um, yes, they absolutely will. to the entirety of Percy Jackson. Yes. Um, also, Arcane. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Riot and Fortiche went into that knowing that there was significant fandom support for the uh, K5. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of phenomenal stuff produced in the fandom under the assumption of a relationship already starts. Uh, and I think that when creators focus a little bit more on having a relationship, especially one that's queer, actually, um, you know, happen mm-hmm. and not just kind of be the end note. Mm hmm. Uh, there's been a little bit of that with the Owl House. Mm-hmm. The, the, kind of the more we see that, yeah, you'll see a lot of involvement with that and a lot of engagement on that end. So oh yeah, th- don't be afraid to, you know, bite the bullet mid series because that's not that's not going to kill your engagement. No, and I'd like to oh, add that it's actually often frustrating for fans when we don't get to see the development af- of the relationship after the kiss. Admittedly, it's driven us to a lot of good post... Catchador is my primary example, because of course it is. But it's driven us to a lot of good post-canon fanfiction. But there's a lot of complaints about not seeing the relationship develop after the fact. And there is a lot of communication that still needed to happen. A lot still left on the table that that people would absolutely eat up. I mean, if you've been on Twitter, anywhere near, like, sapphic cartoon Twitter, you have seen We Want a She-Ra Movie, which I'm not going to give my stance on that, but (laughs) (laughs) that's a large reason why people want a She-Ra Movie, that's for sure. The two of us definitely know a thing or two about what's been going on with She-Ra Twitter. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, considering that I I had to break into Catchadora fanfiction some way, uh, just... (laughs) 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 and now i'm moots with one of my one of mutuals one of my favorite authors and i don't know how that happened (laughs) nice but here we go yeah i i never really broke into the kajadora um fandom despite having like 25 30 works (laughs) in there honestly Breaking into it years after the fact is a lot better than I think breaking it into breaking into it around 2019, 2020 would have been. Yeah, I all the I toxicity is mostly leached out of it. Yeah, no, I, I still remember when some of that stuff was bouncing around because fuck, I got in this show just after high school. I mean, I re- I remember when it was bouncing around because it's the reason that I put off watching it for so long. I mean. I saw the ship war going on in 2019. Uh, I wasn't aware of the show until 2020. Until, yeah, Glimadora versus Catchadora was all over my feed. Um, Because, I mean, I was still into sapphic ships, even though they were mostly rare pairs. And a lot of the people that I followed since sapphic were watching the show at the time. So I got a full blow-by-blow of Glimadora. Glimadora versus Catradora in a similar way to I got the entirety of Voltron Legendary Defender without making it past season one because it was just all over my feet and it just drove me out of the fandom because all that toxicity from all sides in terms yeah, of, I'm talking about She-Ra still, um, I have different reasons for leaving the Voltron fandom that I will not get into right now <laughs> oh, that was yeah, that that show was bad <laughs> The Voltron show was bad, and granted, I am 
it will make me sound like an 80s snob if I talk about it, because <laughs> I was in the fandom before Legendary Defender came out. I was there for the 80s, and later the Voltron Force reboot uh, was actually pretty good, too. That one happened in about 2013, 2014. Um, but when Voltron Legendary Defender came out, um, a lot of the older fans were driven out, and that's mostly because one of the major ships of the time was Pigeon Hunk, and they were both guys. They were guys for 30 years, 20 years, thereabout, before Legendary Defender made Pidge a girl. And so Punk was a lot of people's first slash or Mlem ship, depending on your terminology. And it was definitely my first slash ship. And I, we got driven out because portraying Pig, Pidge as a guy was problematic, even though, again... She was a guy for 20 to 30 years. And I told, said I wouldn't get into it, and I got into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a little bit my fault. And, I mean, they really could have done something based there and made Pidge trans mask, and if that would have been based. Or even trans femme. That still would have been based. If they had just... Yeah, no. that's actually where I thought they were going with the open of the show. I, I recall Steve and I watching that as go, okay, so Pidge is trans. All right, cool, mm -hmm. cool. We like this. And then it was just never developed. Mm. Again, I would have less problems with it if Pidge was trans mask or trans femme instead of a cis woman for some reason. For uh, some reason. I am staring into my microphone as if it is the soul of Netflix execs right now. <laughs> but yeah, it would have been... But then a lot of us who were there for older in the fandom, for whom were very attached to punk, we were kind of driven out by people who were newer and also attached to punk. Because they called us problematic because we were making Pidge a man and no. <laughs> <sighs> And yeah, again, this kind of brings up the toxicity in fandom. So for those of you who are in fandom or who are interested in fandom, if you think it's problematic, just leave it alone. Don't touch it. There are mute functions and blocks and filters. Social media is and so easy to tailor great. these days. Yes, uh, AO3 is wonderful because if there's something you don't want to see, you don't have to. No. You really don't have to see it. I mean, I will say I'm not a big fan of Harry Anth or Kyrianth. Um, I've got both those words muted on my Twitter, and that's fine. And I don't go seeking out the damn shippers or the content and hating on it. I mean, actually, a lot of the art is damn good, even if I don't ship it. Uh, it's just, we have different preferences. That's cool. We can chill and let chill. Yeah, that's um, definitely something that so much of fandom needs to learn. I think part of that's because you get involved. A lot of folks get involved with fandom, and to the you there was like you general. Um, when you're young, it's also gotten worse after COVID. Like everyone has, everyone just like like immediately during COVID, a lot of people didn't know what to do with their lives because we were in quarantine. So a lot of people left right into fandom, but a lot of people didn't bother learning etiquette at all. Um, called a lot of us who are older in fandom, like, well, for, first of all, old. Um, it's part of where this conception about adults not being allowed to be in fandom came from, actually. Um, I've been in fandom for 10 plus years. Uh, I can tell you about the stark contrast between pre-COVID and post-COVID fandom, and it's stark because a lot of people just flooded in at once and didn't bother to learn etiquette, and now fandom has become that much more toxic. Like, admittedly, especially anime fandom was toxic for to begin with. Yeah. But now it's kind of leached into overall fandom. Like, it was not this bad in literary fandom, or a lot of television fandom that wasn't animation-based, until lately. It's really bad, and it's, I kind of hate it, because... If you'll just listen to your fandom elders, you're going to have a better experience, because we've been doing this forever. And I'm only 20. The fact that I'm considered a fandom elder is horrifying. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is funny, because I've only been in fandom um, since actually a few months before COVID hit the US. Actually, I joined the server where Ian and I met, which is a fan space, early in January of 2020. 
Yeah, no, it's been my life for more than half of my life. I actually got into fandom, joined the Percy Jackson fandom on Pinterest when I was 10. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, if I was, like, less afraid of the internet when I was a kid, I might have done something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I've lived through a lot of the big things. I lived through Super Who Walk. I lived through... Everything going on with Supernatural go before it ended. I lived through the Onceler and Oncest <laughs> horrors. I lived to see the multiverse of Undertale. I lived through. <laughs> I've lived through so many things. I remember the Belieber versus Harry Potter fandom war. That was a thing. <laughs> I've been here for a while. Uh, Jack Frost and um, Elsa. I remember when that was a big shift. All right, Grandma, put your walker away. <laughs> hey, I've just been here a while, okay? <laughs> the fact that... But that just goes to show how much different shipping culture is now from how it was in the earlier days. Because if someone proposed Jack Frost and Elsa now you get a whole bunch of people just leaping on them teeth gnashing like that makes no sense they're in two completely different fandoms you cannot ship this um a good chunk of elsa is a lesbian which i support but let people ship it's not yeah. confirmed. um uh, you'd get a good chunk of people attacking them for it whereas it was the tumblr craze of like 2015 2016 also that's um, tumblr it's just it's well, yeah. just like that TM. Well, yeah, but Tumblr was also the main place for fandom for a long time. I mean, the That's fandom true. didn't migrate to Twitter until about 2018, 2019. And even then, tw Twitter has a tendency to be five years behind Tumblr. We're just rehashing the same shit over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, clearly, I've, I was, clearly, I'm a Tumblr fan person, and Bailey, you can't find me hardly speaking at all on tumblr but i have like five blogs uh, um i've been around i've seen some shit join tumblr in 2012 <laughs> i've seen some shit okay um there is one last thing i wanted to talk about for a, like a main talking point for this episode um and kind of talking about components of shipping which is a weird way of putting it uh, and the notes that i wrote for myself don't help <laughs> <laughs> The, the notes, uh, for context, are think like Harry Anth versus post-canon Catradora. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't what? really mean it's, a lot if you aren't in those fandoms. <laughs> I, um... I tried explaining this one actually to my friends because I was rubber-duckying this episode a bit. Um, and I compared it to Saint Nosiris versus Mara and anyone else, and that's... Uh, most of you won't get that. That's a Destiny reference. Yeah, I have no idea what the... <laughs> But it's kind of two things I've noticed in a lot of the ships that I have either been in or read for is this is not quite a binary. Um, fun fact, not a lot of things are binary, like <laughs> ASP. That there is a common what two common components of ships usually mutually exclusive, but not necessarily. <laughs> I can fix them or I can make them worse. Oh, yeah. And honestly, <laughs> yeah. it's not necessarily mutually exclusive, provided you have the right person writing it and or shipping it. Um, looking over at Glitra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like I said, it's not, it's not necessarily mutually exclusive, but frequently they are not found together. Mm -hmm. And I think they're an important component of, uh, well, why people want to stick blurbos in the microwave. Hmm. Um, the two favorite shipping dynamics that I've seen are actually I can fix it or I can make them worse. Um, a good example of uh, of I can fix a reason why I ship a rare pair because rare pair because I can fix it is Pura and which is Blake and Pura from Ruby because um, that's a good example of I can fix it as opposed to uh, shit. Where is my PowerPoint. Yes, I have a shipping PowerPoint. It's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, a brief interjection uh, while you yeah. find that is for uh, listeners who may not be familiar with the Ruby fandom, uh, all three of you, 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I that think, which I is, think most of our our uh, audience is from the crow's nest. Mm-hmm. Likely, yeah, crow's nest and uh, a, an arcane adjacent fan server. Mm-hmm. And most of the folks in there are, I think, t- at least tangentially familiar with Ruby. Anyways, uh, the Ruby show has the fandom around it has this really. Uh, I don't quite want to say unique because I'm aware a few other fandoms do it, but it's one of the few I've seen that do it where they produce names for ships that are not the traditional ship names. Ship names, for those of, for the grand total of two viewers who are not familiar with them, at my parents, <laughs> are usually a combination of the names of the two characters involved in that ship. The portmanteau, typically. Yeah. Yes, for- typically. But Ruby is weird, and the fandom is not like the other girls. Yeah, we've decided. They've decided to make everything like words, just like yeah. words that might vaguely represent the characters. Like, um, for example, Ruby and Weiss is Ice Flower, or uh, White Rose. Uh, or, or White, White Rose. Rose. I was White Rose is more think, popular. White yeah, Rose is the, more popular, but I've seen Ice Flower I think frequently Ice because Flower... it's their name. It's the name of their move, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Ice Flower, I think, is the older one. Like this started like back when the color trailers first came out. It's been going. Yeah. They've they've been crazy like this for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and then you um, have some that you don't know how they got there, like Ruby and Yang is enabler. <laughs> I think that dates to a particular person's in joke on Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. So it's, there's names. They usually have some level of meaning for the fandom with the characters but not always in this case pura is a kind of play on pura's name with pur because blake Blake is a uh, cat cat person (laughs) yeah basically yeah it's go go watch it it's actually pretty good just stay far away from the fandom (laughs) at this time i cannot condone support for rooster teeth Uh, i never said you had to watch it legally (laughs) This podcast does not officially endorse piracy. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's, it's a show I've enjoyed. I've gotten a lot of fun out of. I've gotten a lot of phenomenal friends out of it, including one of them right here at Ian. Hi. <laughs> I, I just I just watched it like in December, so I'm a lot newer and I'm exploring everything from a distance because even though I didn't watch the show until recently, I've been in know of the fandom again for years because fandoms like to overlap and there are pipelines for a reason. <laughs> oh, I should probably uh, toss you the um, fan fiction rec sheet from the crow's nest. I mean, if you want, I don't really pursue Ruby fan fiction a whole lot unless it's one of my rare pairs. Like again, like Pura or Fennig, which is winter and penny, something like that. There's a lot of material on there. There's probably something yeah. you'll like. Fair. Uh, it's. Um, I, I think honestly that's things... don't really pursue the main one, the main ships for some reason. Ruby's just not one of those fandoms that attracts me to fan fiction on the main ships. Like I like the main ships. I'm a big supporter of Bumblebee. Just not the fan fiction for some reason. Um, we just talked about. Well, I just brought up a, an example of a ship that. I ship for the sake of it being I can fix her and I hadn't gotten to the I can make her worse yet but I think y'all won't be surprised when I mention my I can make her worse ship Jody Beth <laughs> do the Deuteros and Corona Beth Tridentarius they can they can make each other oh, so much uh, worse <laughs> yeah yeah they could <laughs> and I love this about them I love it for them <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know what you want from me I, this is how this is how it goes I, I, I am a multi-shipper um, yeah, I know you <laughs> for, I, yeah, I'm a multi-shipper from hell um, I've got entire ship charts for all of my main, major fandoms uh, dictating how I envision the ships and most of the time they are some sort of massive polycule with branches everywhere <laughs> just it's fine i've i've got a lot of ships a lot of them in every fandom now here's the funny thing recently i saw that some of the anime fandoms have taken to calling poly ships multi ships don't do that guys um 
there are different things. Multi-shipping is like, you take your Blorbo, you ship them with this character and that character and that character, and maybe sometimes you'll, sh- you'll throw them into a polycule for good measure. But th- that's very different from a polyship, which is a ship that consists of multiple characters. There are different things. Please stop conflating them. It makes everyone confused when I say I'm a multi-shipper. I'm speaking as a polyamorous person. Don't do that. Call them polyships. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. That is actually a really good thing to bring up. Um, because I think it's definitely possible that we'll, that just given the nature of this podcast, there will be folks who are newer to fandom uh, listening, my parents aside. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking as someone who has been here for years and years and seen terminology change a number of times, this is not a change that's healthy. Um, it's actually a change that could be considered harmful and frankly as a poly person we really do prefer you call them poly ships because it acknowledges it acknowledges that polyamory is a thing and a thing that should be accepted even though it really isn't by people at large and calling them multi-ships is just it's confusing especially to those of us who are older in fandom and it doesn't help kind of erases polyamory as a term so just don't do it please Oh, right, that is what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm, uh, ADHD hamster. Uh, oh, no, mood. Having a day. Um, I was going to say, I had to sp- in my notes, I had to specify post-canon Catradora when I was writing it down um, for the comparison with Harianth, because um, I know you. <laughs> a uh, pre-canon or even early canon Catradora could very much easily be I can make, and them make worse. her worse. <laughs> yeah, and you know me. You know I love to make my characters worse. I mean, <laughs> it's just how it is. Even if I'm shipping and I can fix them ship, there is a chance that if I write fan fiction about it, I will make them worse anyway. <laughs> Women are hotter with blood on their face. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Definitely agree. <laughs> preferably if the blood is not their own I will take the blood as their own but preferably if the blood is not their own <laughs> as you can tell I am very much into murder lesbians and I think that in terms of fan fiction we should be more accepting of writing the lesbians in murderous ways because it's fiction guys writing about something does not condone it, condone it in the IRL and I really think that we have missed that and again post-covid fandom yeah writing something is not condoning it writing something is writing for entertainment you guys watch violent shows you condone violence hmm? maybe um <laughs> <laughs> okay so sometimes uh, the violence is justified but in general if you watch a viol- if you watch like human centipede i guarantee you you do not condone whatever the fuck that was just because I play a lot of Arma does not mean I support the military. Exactly. So just, just if if you as a consumer are consuming something, that doesn't mean you condone it. Well, think about it in terms of the creator. Do you really think the creator is condoning whatever the fuck they're writing media about? There is a lot of the time media is commentary. You know, they're presenting it as bad 95% of the time for us to be like that's that's bad. We should not do that. Yeah, I've heard some stuff about uh, an author, uh, Nabokov. Mm-hmm. His book Lolita, I think, was the book. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I think because it's like comparing uh, colonialism and imperialism to pedophilia, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the way that it depicts that, people frequently interpret as, you know, condoning pedophilia. But that's not what it's no. comparing. Yeah, I'm, it's. It's a metaphor and, on, and but... it's commentary. Yes. And a lot of people miss that. And I don't know if it's a lack of literacy or just the urge to get angry at something, but I'd like it if we stopped. Like, just because one of my favorite tropes is um, Grim Reaper X is like one character is the Grim Reaper and the other character. Um, is killing so they can see them. I do not condone that. I do not condone serial murder. 
um, for legal reasons, <laughs> for legal reasons, I do not condone serial murder, even under specific circumstances, but it's very interesting dynamic. And a lot of the time, the message at the end of the story is stop. Um, this is not the way that you want to see the love of your life. A lot of the time it's like a lot of the time it ends with the murderer has stopped somehow the Grim Reaper in question has convinced them to stop, and they meet again in the afterlife, and then they have a happy afterlife together, yada, 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 when the person finally dies. A lot of people don't read that far, and a lot of those sort of get hate. But, you know. Yeah. There was something I wanted to add on to that. I don't remember what it was now, but there was also something else I wanted to say related to this, which is there's a tag on AO3 called Dead Dove Do Not Eat, and I believe that tag is usually used to indicate that the content of what's inside that story is not necessarily condoned by the author. Mm-mm. No? Uh, I mean, yes and no. Um, Dead Dove's kind of taken on like a broader term to mean just dealing with racier topics in general. I, I believe it's kind of intended as like an intensifier tag. It's kind of like a don't like, don't read, but like, don't like, don't read. It's a reference to a scene from... I want to say Arrested Development, where a character finds a bag in the refrigerator, a brown bag labeled Dead Dove, Do Not Open. Oh, yeah. Opens it up, looks inside, and then looks up and says, I don't know what I expected. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. It's it's taken the place of Don't Like, Don't Do not ignore the tags on this. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Dead Dove, Do Not Open. Mm -hmm. Or Dead Dove, Do Not Eat. Yeah, as I said, it became a more intense "don't like, don't read" in the circles of people who write like dark fic. For the most yeah. part, pay attention to the tags seriously. It's yeah, it's not just the author doesn't condone because there are a lot where the author doesn't condone, but a dead dove do not eat tag is not necessary. You know? It's yeah, just, it's I, a, I guess a I got a, I got a wrong impression on that one somehow. Which not the first time that's happened. I believe for like probably like 15 years or so i uh confu- i was under the impression that amused and bemused were the same thing nope and uh <laughs> <laughs> nope and a, an understandable error but it is nope. but it, it's, yeah, it's understandable <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think they're regretting having me on i talk a lot and i've seen a lot <laughs> no no it's good no, i no regrets um, no regrets I, w- I was worried about having enough content for today's episode, actually. Uh, and you managed <laughs> to help fill some of that space phenomenally with wonderful content. Yes. I ramble. Um, like, there is a reason why I've considered just taking my ramblings onto TikTok. I haven't yet, but eventually it's just going to get too much and I'll do it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a lot of thoughts, and especially in re- regards to shipping, because I have seen some shit. I have been through so many fandoms, and I have been driven out of a number of them for shipping. So, back to the toxicity, don't. <laughs> yeah, I think that don't. is actually a um, good note to kind of end our main discussion on, is uh, just a reminder for people, if you don't like it, don't read it, just leave it alone. At the end of the day, is it really worth your time to go harass other people over something that's happening on the internet? Especially if they and enjoy to be clear, it. The answer to that question is no. I mean, is it like also is it worth it to like ruin someone else's enjoyment of something? I mean, it just makes both of you feel bad at the end of the day. And let's try and put a little more love into the world. Yeah, just be excellent to one another. I mean, treat treat everyone else with respect. Chances are they'll treat you with respect, and if they don't treat you with respect, there is a block button. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good way of putting it. The there block is a button block button. Is uh, a little new to AO3, but it's there. It's it useful. is there. There's a reason I have the moderate comments function on all of my fix. I have them on most of my fix, the ones where I think I have to worry about it. Um, some of my fix are fluffy enough that I can't possibly see how anyone will hate on it, but, so I don't. But 
there were some bad experiences that a friend had in the Ruby fandom. So, oh yeah, that's fair. Uh, again, I'm blatantly avoiding writing for the Ruby fandom. I might write Pura at once, in which case I will absolutely turn on comment moderation. But that's probably going to be about it. Yeah, I mean, I haven't needed it yet, but I've only done two fix for Ruby. Mm-hmm. I don't plan on increasing that number anytime soon. Mm-mm. I mean. It's just—it's one of those fandoms where the toxicity is so seeped into it, even after all, how long it's running, after how how long it's been running, and how how much it's changed. It's just—it's—it's it's not going away, unfortunately. Yeah, we're coming up on a decade here soon, aren't we? We are coming up we on a are. decade here, like really soon, and also the volume nine announcement is the volume nine says to drop later this month, isn't it? Yeah, uh, ah, on the eighteenth, the twenty. Uh, the 18th. Wow, I thought it was the 28th. Woo! Oh, wait, this month? This, this month. month. February 18th, 2023. Uh, yep. Volume 9 debuts on Crunchyroll. Yep. Right. Yeah, Well, I, know. I suppose it's time to drop my first subscription. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing me anything anymore. Red versus Blue got... Um, well, it things happened to it, uh, and Ruby's not there anymore. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Back to, uh, I think, what I was trying to do. Ian, do we have anything in the mailbag? Uh, I was checking that earlier. Um, Not really. Um, I would like to thank Shand for for commenting on our our Gideon the Ninth uh, uh, episode on YouTube. That is a series that I think you can probably safely spoil yourself because it is so insane. So go ahead and listen to that episode, Shand. Yeah, it's... Uh, I I told my parents the same thing. So my mom's trying to listen to it on her commute. Yeah, it's it's a series that even if you're spoilered on it, your enjoyment isn't going to really be hindered or harmed in any way. Well, exactly. that's I mean that's mostly because most of us have no idea what's going on while we're reading it. Like the fandom is a lot of actual speculation on what the text actual actually means anyway. So you're going to get a passage of text and much like the Bible, you're going to get five <laughs> different opinions on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wrong. No, you are not. No, you're not. And this is not it's not just the Bible speaking as a Jew, the Torah, you get 10 Jews in a room, you'll get 50 opinions on one passage of text. We're worse. <laughs> What's the old adage? You uh, ask three rabbi, you'll get four different opinions? Exactly. So, yeah. it's not just Christianity. <laughs> I'm not just making yeah. fun of Christianity. This is... I mean... But it's just it's fun because the it's related. It's, <laughs> it's related. I would just make fun of Christianity, but that's me. <laughs> I mean, I make fun of Christianity on a daily basis. I'm a Jew. <laughs> But I know I don't want to provoke the not all Christians, though. Granted, if they're listening to a queer run podcast, why are they here? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I've had a few friends say that. (laughs) Mm. Eh, Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Trust me, it will not ruin your enjoyment of the books. Um, You will probably have your own theories on what the text is saying, and you will be mildly confused. But enjoy it. <laughs> if you're a Christian, honestly, frankly, I think the series just flat out has bonus content for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're a Catholic. Yeah. The author, I believe, was raised Catholic. I don't know if she's still practicing. I think she's still practicing, last I heard, anyway. But... And that has definitely influenced the way she wrote the series. Mm-hmm. It's the lesbian Bible, but cooler. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, I say that, but I haven't even really read the Bible. I got bored in Genesis. Um, um, I yeah, I read it once because I get a lot of people arguing with me. I live in the Bible Belt. I get a lot of people arguing with me over whether or not I should be a Christian, and I like to refute their arguments with their own arguments. Unfortunately, I'm not as skilled. I'm due for a reread, so I can do that. I'm not as skilled as I used to be, but... Uh, Before we get distracted by the ADHD hamster again... (laughs) We all have I think you have a a challenge for the listeners this week. Yes, I do. Um, And this one is for primarily fanfic writers, but if you aren't traditionally a fanfic writer, I would encourage you to get in on this one, because... This one's kind of challenging. Right for a ship that you don't yourself ship. I have tried this a couple times. It's hard. It's hard. 
Uh, I have not been able to do this myself. No, it's hard. Either, either I end up, sh by the time I'm done, I end up shipping them. Yep. Or I just don't finish. Yep. Uh, for example, I was doing this with Mertrapta and ended up shipping it, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's an oddball right there dang i mean i can uh, see it yeah i mean i'm uh, the idea of a ruby au just hit me and score few and you you influenced me in the scorefuma au and again i was not intending to ship mertrapta like actual sh actually ship it while i was writing this but <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted it for the drama and here we are <laughs> And now I've read every single Mertrap to fic on AO3. Help me. <laughs> uh, I can't exactly help you, given that I wrote a um, Catcher Adora Double Trouble fic. Yeah, and you ship as it a now, joke. Don't you? By the end of the work, I shipped it, and I'm like, <laughs> this is why I'm not writing Adorpia or Catcher Adorpia. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the trouble is, I'm pretty certain I'm still the only author on AO3 who's done something for it that isn't either porn or lead up to porn. I was like, no, I want to read stories. <laughs> but it's really hard to write something for ship that you, that you don't for something you don't ship without shipping it, and that's kind of why I'm procrastinating the Camilla Beth ship, the, the Camilla Beth fic that I wanted to write for JJ because. It's not really one I want to ship. <laughs> yeah, I still need to do my um my my Christmas gifts for folks because I th I think Sarcast asked me to do uh Melvika. Oh yeah, that's another one that I refuse to write because I mean it's 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 cute. It's but <laughs> <laughs> you you don't want to get drawn into it. <laughs> no, I'm good. Uh, I love the idea of the ship. I don't need to go down another rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a, it's one of those things. And then before we go through our outro, Andy, did you have anything? Uh, no, I just want to invite Jay to uh, share any of your uh, social medias or uh, fan works where uh, okay. our listeners can find you. All right. Well, if you want to read, if you want to read some stuff I've written and stuff that I will be writing in the future, my AO3 is Alpha J zero seven one. Twitter handle is the same. If you want to contact me on Instagram, I don't really post anything there, but also AlphaJ071. Uh, if you want to talk to me about my fix, uh, my fic Tumblr is AlphaJ071. I use the same handle for everything so people can find me easily. Um, convenient. It's yeah. very convenient, right. yeah. Um, and just um, be kind out there, y'all. Uh, I'm happy to engage in healthy conversation and it, if you ask me about Catradora, we will be here for 24 hours <laughs> at least <laughs> okay okay all right um and normally we would have because we're trying to do f uh february for black history month we're trying to feature works from black creators however uh the comic that i had ordered that i really wanted to at least start before i talked about it on the show still hasn't gotten here Crummy mail system, maybe also the fact that I went a little cheap with it. But hey, I, I'm a college student, okay? <laughs> I spend more me. time on this than my actual job. Yeah, that reminds me. I should celebrate Black History Month by posting more about Shariri just on my Twitter because I love them. Black genius lesbians. What, uh, what comic did you order? Uh, it was one of the ones you told me about by uh, Iron Spike Comics, I think. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, I have a brain like a sieve. Fair <laughs> mood. Mm. <laughs> so I don't actually remember the name of it. It was a it was a fantasy one that seemed interesting, and I got it because I usually like to read um, the Weekly Roll, which is a uh, like D and D web yeah. comic. Uh, that's I know it's popular on Reddit. I don't know if it's anywhere else. And it is on hiatus at the moment, and I need something else to fill my regular fantasy consumption need. All right, I think that's um, it for today's episode. Yeah. We are uh, all out of ink, and I really need to drink a water. Yeah, that's fair. So okay. thanks for having me, y'all, and, you know, I'm available yeah. if we ever want to talk fandom again. I've got experience. Absolutely. It was great to have you on the show, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. and we'd love to have you back uh, if you ever want to be back. I am and have been Maya. And I'm Jay. And I have been Ian. And we still don't have a proper outro. Bye. <laughs>